Ricky and Karen have been our dear friends for many, many years as they serve in Thailand, the Abundant Life Home, as they work with orphans who have HIV, as they reach out into the community and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ there. In a very real way, as you heard this morning, Jesus is the one who saves and transforms the lives of those who are desperate, in need, broken, and dying. And the God who is there with Ricky and Karen transforming the lives of the Thai people in that community is the same God that we serve here in Fort Gary, in this place, in this city. It is the same God who saves, who transforms, who brings new life and who rescues us from the pit. For the last number of months, we have been walking together through the Gospel of John, the story of the person of Jesus, the light of the world that has come, Jesus, the one who reveals God, the one who is God, the one who is calling people to follow him, calling people into a life of discipleship, a life with God. We walk on this journey of faith and discipleship together. Uh, you see here on my left a painting which represents the journey that we share together. I invite you after the service to come and take a closer look if you would like. This painting was painted by Elizabeth Kaler, who is connected here with our congregation. The painting honors the individual journey of each one of us, but also the collective journey that we share together. Each of us has a unique story, a story that's filled with names and faces, a story that is filled with questions and doubts, beliefs, and experiences which are as unique as each one of us is from one another. As we arrived at the cross on Good Friday, we identify with the confusion, the chaos, and the darkness, loss, doubt, and fear that the disciples felt as we encounter the circumstances of our own lives, the doubts, the brokenness, the challenge, as we are overwhelmed, we felt lost along the way. And so we have followed through in this Gospel of John, listening to the questions that Jesus asks of us, that he asks of those that he encounters, whom are you looking for? Whom are you looking for? And together on this journey, we encourage one another. We point one another back to the cross. We remind one another of the goodness and love of God. We lift one another up when we stumble. We cheer one another on as we experience the triumphs and victories that come in the life of Christ. And so we consider this morning again, 
the question that we find in the gospel, whom are you looking for? As we began the gospel of John, we found in the first few verses that John calls us to understand that the light of God is coming into the world. It's a return to Genesis where the first words of God are, let there be light. And in John 1 verses 9 through 11 says this, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. If the world didn't know him, he came to what was his own and his own people did not accept him. The people that God sent Jesus to was the people of Israel, his chosen people, the ones that he had promised a Messiah, a savior, someone to free them from the bondage of their sin, someone to point them to heaven and to open the door to eternal life with God. And yet when that truth was revealed in the person of Jesus Christ, they didn't recognize it. They couldn't see him. But God gave us the power to see, to know, and to recognize Jesus, the light. As he goes on in verses 12 and 13, he says, But to all who received him, who believed in the name of Jesus, he gave the power to become the children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh but the, or the will of man, but the will of God. This is the Jesus that we have been shown this is who the gospel points to, Jesus, the one who invites us to become children of God. In the gospel of John, we find in three different places the question that I've asked you this morning, whom are you looking for? We find it first in John 1, 37 and 38. There are two disciples of John the Baptist, the one who is pointing the way, preparing the way for Jesus. And those two disciples heard John say that this was the Lamb of God, and they went and followed Jesus. And when Jesus turned and saw them following at a distance, he said to them, What are you looking for? Whom are you looking for? Come and see. Come and see who I am. See that I am the Messiah, the promised one. Then as we turn to the, the Passion Week and as Jesus is arrested in the garden, Judas, the one who has betrayed him, comes with the, the soldiers and the Pharisees to arrest Jesus. And then Jesus, knowing all that was to happen to him, came forward in John 18, verse 4. And as they come to arrest him in the garden, he asks again that question, whom are you looking for? Whom are you looking for? Who do you think that it is that I am? Because they have twisted in their minds who this Jesus might be. They come with swords and violence to arrest Jesus, the one who is the Prince of Peace. The third time that we hear the question, whom are you looking for? Is here in the story of the resurrection. Mary Magdalene 
was one of the disciples, not one of the 12 who followed Jesus, but she was one of the first disciples, one of the women who also was part of that larger group of 70 or more disciples who went with Jesus wherever he went. She had met Jesus the teacher, the rabbi. She had met and seen Jesus the healer. She had heard the words of God as Jesus the prophet spoke. She, like all the others who were there, had seen the miracles that he had done in the name of the Father. In Mary's own journey of faith, she has been delivered from demonic spirits that were in, in, in enslaving her. She was in chains, and Jesus set her free from those powers. She truly believed that Jesus was this promised one of God, the Messiah promised to the people of Israel. And yet even she does not fully understand what this means. She, like the rest of the disciples on Good Friday, is crushed by the events of that day. As the Jesus that she loves, the Jesus that she has followed and believed in, is nailed to a cross and lifted up for the world to see in, hum in humiliation and she sees him die. Doubt and confusion and grief rush in. And here in the story, as we read this morning in John chapter 20, even her grief is disrupted. She has come to the tomb to mourn the one whom she's loved. And even this is denied her. The body is God. John 20 verses 11 and 12 say this. The Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said, They, they, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. In her confusion, in her doubt, she sees angels. How many of you have seen angels face to face that you know of, that you know for sure? I imagine that if I encountered a couple of angels, I would remember that. It's probably not something that's just going to be like, oh, I don't know, maybe that was some angels? I don't know. There are two angels in the tomb in shining white robes. And she just goes on in the conversation like nothing's going on. Well, you know... I came here to mourn, and now he's gone. Do you know where they took him? She doesn't realize what's going on. So often, you and I are just like her. In our circumstances that seem to overwhelm us, 
in our questions that we just can't find the answers to, in our struggle, in our shame, even when the signs are right there in front of us, right in our face, we just can't see it. We are blind to the signs of God's hand, God's messengers right there in front of us, which are sent to reassure us, to encourage us, and to be there for us, his people. In John 20, verses 14 and 15, once she has said to these angels that she doesn't even recognize his angels, she says, I don't, I don't know where they've laid him. Do you know? When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know that it was Jesus. When Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Now, I don't know whether it was the tears that were blinding her eyes. I don't know if she's just so, so frantic in that moment, so overwhelmed by the situation that she wasn't seeing straight. But this was Jesus himself in front of her, the one that she had followed for these years the one she had heard, the one she had seen do miracles, the one she had believed in and trusted with her whole life. And she didn't recognize him. She thought he was the gardener. Isn't that so much the way it is for us too? So often Jesus is right there in front of us. He comes to us in our need. He comes to us in our tears, in our suffering, and he's right there in front of us. And he says, why do you weep? And we don't recognize him. We don't see him. Why don't we recognize Jesus? Because Jesus promises us in the scripture. Jesus promises, I'm always with you, even to the end of the age. I will send my spirit, and my spirit will be in you, and my spirit will be with you. And God promises, if you, if you turn to me, I will hear your prayers and I will answer. Jesus says, I'm always with you. So why don't we recognize him so often in our lives? I think... Like Mary, we have trouble seeing Jesus because he's not what we expect. She thinks Jesus is dead. She saw him die. You don't come back from that. You just don't. You can't. That's the way the world works. When things die, they're gone. It's over. She doesn't expect Jesus to be alive. And so often in our lives, we have this thought that 
There's no way that Jesus can do anything with where I'm at. There's no way that Jesus can fix this relationship this marriage. There's no way that Jesus can bring back this child that has turned away and gone their own path and is making all these decisions that I'm just weeping over. There's no way that God can heal me from this thing that's in my life, whether it's this disease or whether it's this mental illness, whether it's circumstances that I'm in front of. We go, there's no way. That's just not the way the world works. And when Jesus shows up, we don't recognize him. Sometimes we don't recognize Jesus because it's not what we wanted. We want Jesus to act and to say and to be something that he is not. God promises that he always acts for the good in our lives to bring a wholeness and healing. And sometimes we have our own ideas about what Jesus ought to do or how he ought to act or what he ought to say. And when we don't hear and see the things that we want, we don't recognize Jesus right in front of us. Jesus is the one who overcomes death. Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man, has turned the world and all of history on its head. He is risen from the dead. He has defeated death and sin. He breaks all of our expectations. He is so much more. He does the impossible because for God, Nothing is impossible. When Mary recognizes him and understands that this is Jesus, that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is the truth, that light that has come into the world and that light is shining more brightly than ever before, she runs to the disciples and announces to them in John 20 verse 18, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. She encounters the risen Christ and she's filled with joy and she has to proclaim it. She has to share it with everyone she meets. This is the God that we serve. This is the Jesus who is faithful. This is the Jesus who overcomes all things, who does all things, who is in all things and accomplishes everything that we need for life and wholeness and eternity. Will you recognize Jesus when he comes to you? Will you hear his voice and know it? Throughout the Gospel of John, John has been coming to us with the questions of Jesus. Jesus asked those first two disciples, what are you looking for? Were they looking for a rabbi to follow, someone to help them and to, to learn from? Or were they actually looking for a savior, one who would transform their lives and bring eternal life? And that question then comes to us. What are you looking for? 
When you come to the cross, what are you looking for? Are you looking just for a better life or are you looking for someone that will take your life, transform it, reshape it, remake it, and give you a new life, a new heart, a new way to be? Jesus asks Nicodemus, do you not understand these things talking about spiritual rebirth? God has shown us all that we need in his scriptures. He has revealed Jesus to us, the fullness of God himself. Do we understand? He asks the woman at the well, will you give me a drink? Signifying that all who are outsiders, those that you might look down upon otherwise, are welcome and invited and included in the kingdom of God. Do you want to be well, he asks the man beside the pool, recognizing that there are some who, even when they are shown the truth and the light, will turn their backs on God. Do you want to be well? He asks the woman caught in adultery, has no one condemned you? Then neither do I condemn you. In John 3, 17, John says to us, Jesus says, I haven't come to condemn the world. The sin has already condemned you. I'm not here to condemn you more. I'm here to give you life. Will you choose that life? Turn from your sin. Follow. When his good friend Lazarus dies, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, are there not 12 hours in the day? Because to go and to be with Lazarus and Mary and Martha, his sisters, means that he is walking back towards Jerusalem, that he is walking towards death and the cross. And he says, in the daylight, we walk in the light. Will you walk in the light with Jesus? As we turn to the events of this past week, the Passion Week, we hear the question of Jesus to his disciples at the Last Supper. He washes their feet and he says, do you realize what I have done for you? As he demonstrates what self sacrificing love and service and exalting the other looks like. In the garden, as we've mentioned, he asks those who come to arrest him, whom are you looking for? Do you think I'm some kind of political leader that I'm going to overthrow the, the, the empires of this world? Well, yes, it's true, but not in the way that you imagine. He is the Prince of Peace. as Peter challenges and strikes out because he can't let this happen to Jesus, Jesus asks him, shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? Jesus has submitted to the will of the Father because in the Father's will, the world will be made right. And you and I are invited to ask that same question. Will we drink the cup that our Father has given to us? Will we submit ourselves, our lives, our hearts, our wills to the will of the Father? As Jesus is put on trial, as he speaks the truth, he is struck. 
And he says, if I speak the truth, why do you strike me? So often we are reluctant to hear the truth because it, it robs us of the security and the safety that we've been hiding in and the truth is exposed. And rather than to be exposed, we strike out and we push back. Are you ready to hear the words of truth and light in your life? As Pilate inter uh, interrogates Jesus and calls him the king of the Jews, Jesus asked him, is that your own idea? Or have you been listening to other voices? And we are invited too to consider the voices other than the voice of Jesus that have been whispering in our ears to turn again to the word of truth. We end with the question that Jesus asks of Mary Magdalene, that Jesus asks of you and I, whom are you looking for? What kind of Jesus are you looking for? Are you looking for the feel-good Jesus, the one who's not going to push you, the one who's not going to challenge you, the one who's just going to say, we can be besties, we can be friends, it's okay. No. Whom are you looking for? Because the Jesus of the Gospel of John, the Jesus that we follow, is the Jesus who is the King of Heaven. He is the Jesus who has life in his hands for each one that would choose it. Will you choose the life of Christ? Will you proclaim together with Mary Magdalene, I have seen the Lord. He is risen. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up here. And as they come up, I invite you to pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have come to us. May we have eyes to see you and recognize you. May our ears, rec ears recognize your voice as you speak to us. Lord, help us to be your children. We choose to follow Jesus. We choose to lay down our lives at the foot of the cross, to receive the salvation that comes through the redemption in the blood of Jesus, so that we too may live forever. Our Father in heaven, we love you. We are so thankful and grateful that you have come to us in the man of Jesus. We proclaim his name wherever we go. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you for listening to this message from Fort Derry MB Church. We hope that what you heard challenged you to think in new ways about Jesus Christ and the life that we are called to through his death and resurrection. If you have any questions about who we are as a church, our mission, or have any other questions in general, please do not hesitate to contact our office email at info at fgmb.ca. Be blessed.